Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org, where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Holly. Hi everyone, my name is Holly. I'm a compulsive overeater and uh, thank you, Michelle. Um, so great so great to be here. Thank you, Andrea, who is not here to, that asked me to speak. And it's always an honor and a privilege to speak in an Overeaters Anonymous meeting. Um, and especially this one, I, I, I've spoken here several times and it's number one, I, there are people here that I love dearly and they know who they are. And, um, and all of the new people too. I mean, I, I, I'm astounded at the, at the, um, how many newcomers there are today. So um, just real, really quickly, um, congratulations to the chip takers and happy birthday to everybody. And welcome to all the newcomers. I'll, since there are so many of you, I think I'll, I'll spend a little more time on how I got started. But um, starting at the end now, <laughs> which is very confusing, I'm sure. But um, so uh, I have 18 years of abstinence. Uh, my abstinence is three meals a day, nothing in between. And um, I don't eat sugar. And I, there's a lot of other things that I don't eat. I started out my abstinence with about five other kinds of foods that I, I didn't eat. And of course, it, in, in creating a food plan that has grown, you know, there's grown. So it's not, um, I'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes, but um, I'm going to tell you, uh, oh, and my, my top weight, well, my, it's, I can't even say top weight, my weight, um, most of my adult life until I got here at age 46 was somewhere between 240 and 280 pounds. To 280, I was probably the top. Who knows, right? Because I wasn't, I wasn't rushing toward the scale at that weight. Um, and and you know what I would do was I would I would get to 280, and I either somebody would say something rude, which always happened, of course, and or somebody that I knew, and I would diet my way on some crazy diet down to 240, get down to about 240. I'd feel slightly comfortable and I'd go right back up to 280. So I just sat in that, in that range of 240 to 280 for years and years and years. Um, like I say, my, my adult life, I was that. So I, I, I never had the experience of being a healthy body weight. So I hadn't, when I walked in here in for the second time in August of 2002, I did not have it in my mind that I was really going to lose weight um, or be at a healthy body weight. I didn't even know what that meant, to be honest. Um, what I, I got here, when I got here, I couldn't, literally couldn't be myself anymore. I had to be, I had to do something. I had to be with you. So um, I'll tell you about that in a few minutes. I just want to tell you a little bit about what I was like. Um, I'm just watching the time a little bit. So. Um, I grew up back east. This is going to be really quick. I grew up back east, um, very, very, very poor most of my life. I was a little bit of normality in the beginning, and then my dad left, and I was just very. We, I lived with my mom, and she was mentally ill. Um, I severely mentally ill, and um, I was there until I was eighteen, and it was, it was 
very, very difficult. Um, and uh, I was afraid of people. I was afraid of anybody really knowing how we lived. Um, we, we lived in a house and it had, a lot of times there was no heat. I mean, I'm from Buffalo, that's in Buffalo, okay? <laughs> so get the picture, it's not fun. But I was so, I, I was so in, just shy and, and I, I wasn't a talker. I just, you know, I, and, I, and God kind of pushed me through that safely. I got through, I graduated from high school, I went to college. Um, don't, I don't, how did that happen? I'm not sure, but college took four years of me, it got me out of that house. I was there for four years. Um, I went back and I worked for my dad uh, as a, as a, my dad owned the diner in town, right? So I worked for him as a grill cook. He taught me all about that. Um, I loved my father. Um, he taught me how to do, to be a grill cook. And that's what I did for about 12 years after college. And oh my gosh, I, it was, it was really crazy. Um, and that's when the food really took off. Um, Cause of course I was in the kitchen, <laughs> I was in the kitchen cooking and nobody's watching and I'm just, you know, it was like constant hand to mouth. Um, I was really, really good at it, at it as well. And I'd cook in the in the night for the for the bar crowd, right? I, and God, I was good at that. I'm ducking, you know, ducking cover, and I'm cooking out there. And when all that would, when it got to be about 3 a.m. and all that would stop, everybody was done. I'd go in the back. I'd get a big chocolate milk and a cigarette. And I'd sit on the edge of the elevator and I'd feel that chocolate milk coming down, right? And I, would, I could breathe again. I would, that's, how I, that's how anxious I would be. And I'd have a cigarette and a chocolate milk and then I can finish my shift, right? But I could feel that calming me and just going down. And that's how I ate, right? So anyway, I, I, I left that when I got the, the smidgen of an opportunity to get out of that small town, um, because I was dying. Um, so I got out of that small town and I came to Los Angeles and I, it was like a comedy of, not errors, but comedy of God putting me places where I could actually make a life. I got a different kind of a job here. Um, I'm still excessively afraid of people. And um, I would have a, the, I had a job that I would go from place to place, right, in the car. I'd go to the office and then I'd go different places. And what I'd have to do, I'd be so afraid to go to that next place, I'd have to drive through and get something to eat. So I'd have that courage to stop at that next place and do whatever task or talk to whatever person I had to talk to. And that's how I lived my life, very isolated. I'd go to work, I'd come home, I was by myself. Um, what happened after that was I got into uh, a relationship with a drug addict and, and so don't do that. Okay. It wasn't, <laughs> it was not recommended, but that's what happened. And guess what? Um, felt crazy right away. So I got into, um, I went to Al-Anon and in that program, I, I fell into a group of, of people and I'm gay. So I, I fell into a group of gay people that I still communicate with today. This was years and years ago, but, um, and they, they just, they helped me to open up. They helped me to talk. They let me hang out with them. They, it was just lovely. And that's exactly what I needed 
And in that group, there were people that were in Overeaters Anonymous. Remember, I'm, I'm like 280 pounds. There were people in Overeaters Anonymous that, um, and I heard that, okay, right away. And I came into this program. That's how I got here. I knew nothing about it. But I got here, I stayed a couple years, and then I left because I didn't do any of the things that were recommended. I got a little bit of an abstinence, that was good. That was actually really good. But, um, and I went to some meetings and then I got into a really good relationship um, with a wonderful woman I met in this program. And I walked right back out of program because I, had, I had, didn't have any foundation. So I had to eat for eight more years. We had a catering company um, out of the house. That's another little bit of a mistake there. But um, in, in, so 2002, this is what happened. Um, got extremely, extremely depressed and uncomfortable. My, I, was, I, I didn't know what else to do. I was so isolated, friends gone. Um, I was with my partner, but, but there was just, I was dying inside. So I said that a thought occurred to me, you, I have to go back. I have to go back to Overeaters Anonymous and I have to work that program. I have, there's gotta be something there, it's pulling me. So I walked back into meetings in August of 2002. I got a sponsor in a month. Um, I immediately felt better. Just walking in, I immediately felt better. I had to sit, be sitting with you and I felt like um, I could breathe again. Um, I got a sponsor, I started working the steps and we started to create um, a food plan, okay? So I, I, I kind of stuck with my original abstinence it, because that was, that was what I knew I needed to do was just eat three meals and I, I had stopped eating sugar. It wasn't, sugar was kind of off to the side. I had stopped eating it many years before, but um, it was that three meals and it was of course the quantities i'm a hundred pounder this was it was quantities it was combinations it was just things that didn't work for me and i was eating all the time i couldn't stop and feel a feeling i had to i had to like push that down okay so um i came back in the program and i started to work the steps very structured uh uh method of working the steps. I, I'm, I'm in the Valley. I'm from the San Fernando Valley. So I just, I started to go to meetings. I, I talked to my sponsor. I met my OA sisters and I started to hang out with them. I got a group, right? A, a small group and I got a, a, a home meeting. Um, and I just started to, to, to open up a bit more, right? I started to abstain. September 28th, 2002 is my first day of that I called my new sponsor that I asked to be my sponsor and I count that as my first day of abstinence. Um, no sugar, three meals a day and these little group of foods I wouldn't eat. Most of them are all deep fried, of course, but um, just to categorize that. But uh, so I, you know, I started to work. Now I had, my sponsor helped me with a food plan. Um, she basically, she basically told me to eat what she was eating. She was a hundred pounder on her way down um, and I just ate what she told me to. And it was all fine. It was all good. Um, kind of made a food plan for myself. Um, and uh, I, I, I was working the steps and she put me into service right away. That's another thing that I started out with very early in program, which helped immensely, was being in service. I just, she told me to be in a, I helped with a fundraiser. And of course, remember, I'm not, I'm the one that's very shy and doesn't talk. You, you wouldn't know that today 
at all, but that's really how I was. And so I'm keeping me busy. I'm doing this and that. I got my group of OA fellows and we were kind of going through the steps together and meeting people. And I was able to follow that food plan. I was astounded. Like I was able to just keep going. Wasn't thinking about it too much. I, I know the first month I asked 50,000 people what they ate, you know, new, newcomers kind of do that. So, but I, we created this food plan and it was working and I was going on and it was great, right? So um, I worked through the steps. I changed sponsors at, at step five. I got, I read my fourth step and then I changed, my sponsor actually relapsed and I got a different, different sponsor, a different type of sponsor, um, kind of different personality, somebody that works with the big book exclusively. Um, and, we, and I, I just kept going. I kept going. So, you know, in, in the program, um, there's a lot of things I could tell you for, but for the newcomers, um, it, to create a food plan, it takes, just be patient. It takes a little while. I, I had to, I had to stop eating the things that were making me want to eat more. Um, I had to stop those first and then little by little, these other things would pop up and I would be able to stop. I'd be able to let them go. There was the cream and the coffee because I couldn't get enough coffee down. You know, I was just, there's the diet Coke, you know, in the beginning I was slugging down two, three diet Cokes in the morning, um, just to get to lunch. And that, see, that goes away once it's like, it's like you're building sobriety. Okay. So, today, which is really important to me, I have a sober food plan today for me, and it helps me stay at a healthy body weight. I weigh about 135 to 140. That's my range. It helps me stay right here, uh, moderate exercise, and I'm, my head is peaceful. It's easy. I make it myself. It's all good. Like, but that was, that's a creation of 18 years. Okay. So, um, it's really important that I had to put that food down and then I can work the steps. And the steps brought me to a relationship with God that helps me today. The things that are going on today, oh my gosh, um, are crazy. Okay. I'm working on step nine. I had to go through the steps again because I got an, I had an issue. These things, life happens, issues come up, people come and go about 10 years into program, I'm lying, I lie sometimes, it was about eight years into program, I had to end my relationship, okay, that was done with about like a group of women in the program, I grabbed everybody together, help me, help me do this, something's really wrong here, so they had me go through the steps and make a decision, and they, they just carried me through to, to you know, getting a, all that stuff that goes on with a, with a breakup, with a house, with this and that, getting me into another house, getting me, you know, uh, settled in. I did that all with people in program. And Probably it was, that's 10 minutes left. 10 minutes left. Okay. Um, okay. Gotcha. So um, regroup, regroup. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to bring you current. So newcomers, welcome. Just keep coming get a sponsor, um, whatever you have to do to get your food organized and be able to open up uh, and work the steps. 
because the steps is what works. As I said, the steps gave me a relationship with God. Um, and so just fast forward, I'm going to just spend a few minutes. Am, am I done at 620, Arlene? Okay, okay. I'll save a few minutes for, for questions. So an issue came up, okay? Um, about three years ago, my, I worked for the same company for the same man, family, but I worked for the father for 20 years. Okay, so you know that. And, and we got very close near the end. In the beginning, no. But at the end, he was getting older. And I was, he was teaching me what he did so I would be able to do it with him, right? Which was so cool. Um, and he got sick really suddenly. So his son took over. Now, if you can picture me with my hair standing on end, okay? I, I never got along with the son. He would pop up here and there. He's aggressive. He's, um, he just rubs me the wrong way. He scares the crap out of me, okay? So this is happening. And I got into fear again. I'm, I had to work. Finally, it's like the way I work today is if something's bothering me, I, I do a 10-step at night. Um, every night, I do a 10-step, send it to my sponsor. And we talk We talk now two days a week. Um, and I read her writing at that time. Um, but I do this 10-step. And when something keeps coming up, I have to take an action, okay? So... I work the steps again. I stay on a step until I feel like I'm done with it. And I, I'll grab every piece of literature I can, every method, until I feel comfortable with, comfortable with that step, and then I'll move on to the next one. And then this is around my now new younger boss, right? Um, and my sponsor is very straightforward with me. I, I adore her, I love her, and I love the way we work together. And I've had her for about 10 years. Um, we, we don't talk about food hardly at all. We talk about life. So that's what it comes to after a certain, you know, after years of this, um, we, st we talk about what's important. So I'm on step nine right now on this issue and we're, we're deciding now I have changed my behavior tremendously. Okay. Um, in this and towards him and towards my work. But um, I've changed my behavior tremendously, but it, do I need to make direct amends? We don't know yet. So I'm, I'm reading everything I can on step nine because something in the literature will make it clear. And that's how I work my program. Um, I have sponsees. Um, I have, as I said, I have a sponsor. I have a structured way of doing things. I structure my food and I send it to my sponsor the night before. I still do that with a 10 step and I write on my steps every day, write a dear God letter every single day. And um, that gives me the peace and ease that I looked for when I came here and I got it. And um, I'm walking around at a healthy weight, which is phenomenal, but that's the least interesting part of it really. It's the, it's the peace in my head and the service I get to do today and, um, and, and to know all of you. So thanks for letting me share. I can take some questions if you want to. Thank you, Holly. Thank you so much for your share. We do have time for questions. I, um, so if you have a question for Holly, please raise your hand in the, either the participants or the reactions section of your Zoom. And the first question is from Diane. Diane, do you still have a question? 
Well, we'll come back to Diane. Um, how about Ben S? Yeah, hi, Ben S, compulsive overeater and sugar addict. Um, I, in your share, I heard a lot about you like altering your food plan over the years. Um, and I'm, I'm newer to the program. So I was just wondering, how is it that you determined you could either reintroduce or take out a food from your food plan? Um, and how did you determine whether or not when you reintroduced the, a food that you weren't breaking abstinence? Well, okay, um, Ben, I haven't reintroduced anything. Okay. Anything, that's, anything that's fallen, in, in, of course, in the beginning, I knew what I couldn't eat. I knew what I could not eat, okay? That was very clear to me, and I had to stop eating it because I can't go forward if I'm not abstinent, okay? Um, and that comes right out of the doctor's opinion. So these certain things I put down, and as I was, as I was going and... I realized, for instance, here's a good example. Um, as I mentioned, the, the, the half and half in the coffee, okay? So I, was, I drink a lot of coffee and, and I was drinking coffee with the half and, not the sweetened one or the flavor one, just, just half and half in Splenda, okay? So I'd have two or three cups and I'd be out in the field, get another cup, have to go get another cup. And I'd go from here to there, get another cup. And um, I like that half and half in there. And so, you know, it came to a point where I, I walked into, I had been at AA Central Office to get literature. I'd walked into a 7-Eleven to get a coffee. That's the worst place to go. Walked in there and I'm standing in front of those little couplets of the half and half. And I literally wanted to stand there and start drinking them. And I thought, oh, hell no. This is okay. It's the half and half. Thank you, God, for bringing it clear. I called my sponsor. I said, this is the last half and half I'm having. And I was kind of a little bit low on weight then. So she said, well, oh, okay. Like, okay. So I put it down. I thought, how am I going to function? And you know what? A day and a half, I was good. So I drink, I've drink, drank black coffee ever since. Okay. So that's, that's how that happens. But you can fill in the blank with anything. Let it go. Once you start feeling sober inside and working the steps, those things come up. You just let them go. Let them go. Give them to God. Surrender. And they don't come back. They don't have to come back. That's the, that's the gift. Thanks. Diane G., do you still have a question? I think not. How about Joanne Springfield? Hi, Holly. Good to see you. I was hey, wondering if you could uh, talk about your prayer life. Sure. Um, you know, I get up very, very, very early in the morning because I, I have to do this work before I take my sponsee calls. I had to kind of set my schedule. Um, so I get up really early and after some coffee, <laughs> black, after some coffee, I, <laughs> um, I go in my office here at home and I sit down and I do three meditation books. That, this, this is what will you know, bring me down. Three meditation books. I, and I do um, now a 10-minute meditation, just quiet. I let go of all those other apps and stuff. 10-minute uh, meditation. I write. Um, I write a Dear God letter. This is the prayer, okay? It's like writing a personalized prayer for the day, whatever's coming up. And then once I write that and I work on any step work and I pick up books that I'm reading, I'll sit and I will pray. I always say, I always look at the, I have the acceptance on a thing, right? Right eye level. 
when I'm doing my right acceptance. Then I say the third step prayer and the serenity prayer. And I, then I'll probably meditate after that. Then I have to start, like I have to get ready for work. So basically, and I'll go out during the day and I'll go outside. I'll take a little break and go outside and stand in the sun because I'm cold all the time. And, and I'm actually praying. People think I'm watching the parking lot because I manage the <laughs> building. And I'm, I am actually like, I'm not there. I'm actually praying. I, I kind of recenter. So that's another type of prayer too. I recenter and go on. Good to see you, Joanne. Thanks, Holly. You know, that is all the time we have for